0: to the Chronicles of Critics. I'm your host, Caleb, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Connor and Andy. We are on a mission to find the best movie of all time. We will be reviewing and rating some of the world's most beloved movies on a scale of one to a hundred, based on the metrics of entertainment, education, and influence, to find out which is truly the best film of all time.
1: what they call a quarter pounder with cheese in Paris? They don't call it quarter pounder with cheese? No, they got the metric system there. They wouldn't know what the f a quarter pounder is. (laughs) Then what do they call it?
2: They call it Royale with cheese. Oh man, I shot Marvin in the
0: face. (laughs) And you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. What up, guys? <laughs> we are laying uh, this podcast on your ears tonight, or this morning, whenever.
2: This is a, a pulp podcast, right? A pulp podcast. A right, pulp podcast you brought your pulpy orange juice.
0: Because
2: we'll, it's getting... Extra pulp. It's getting fictitious out here. Ooh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you didn't guess, we're talking about Pulp Fiction tonight. Oh. And speaking of Pulp Fiction and Quentin Tarantino, I have a question for you guys, right off the bat. So, Andy... You answer first. What is your favorite Quentin Tarantino film?
1: That's a tall order. I love every every movie that I see of his. I, I just love immediately. Um, but I am slightly more biased to Inglorious Bastards. Oh. I feel like the the rewatchability of that one is is endless, and Christoph Waltz's just performance oh, in that he's the oh, best so, so it's iconic. Right. And you're scared. And he plays just like that German. I was it, like a German SS, like a officer. Yeah. So well, and you're just like scared of him. Mm. But So I, I would say "Inglorious bastards.
2: You know, I expected that movie to be more about the like the, the crew, like Brad Pitt and Ryan from the office. Uh, but it it wasn't. It was about the girl, and it threw me off completely. Uh, true. I was like, not saying it, it's great. It's an amazing movie, but yeah. I was just like, first time watching it, I was like, oh yeah, I want to see Brad Pitt like kill some Nazis, man. And then there are not that many Nazis killed that I thought. <laughs> just I thought that there
1: one would be.
0: scalping scene. Yeah.
1: Uh, I would say the ending is is a pretty big Nazi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, Connor, what is your favorite Tarantino film?
2: I have to say, guys, my favorite. Tarantino film is the edited version of Pulp Fiction <laughs> as seen on oh! AMC, a, a, AMC television uh, uh. Uh, on cable. <laughs> like
0: So watching it for real for the podcast was a little much. For
2: you, you know huh? what? I actually think that this is the first time I've ever watched like the real version. Oh,
0: have you seen any of his
1: films? Like the, the actual cuts? The
2: full version? I,
0: <laughs> cause they're I all the same. Anymore, man. I don't know. Like <laughs> yeah. no, I, I mean d- pulp fiction is like kind of a a layer above his usual, I feel like. I but mean he's always since, been,
1: yeah. But I mean looking at his more recent work like um what is the snow one called? Hateful eight. Hateful, Hateful eight. eight. Yeah, that has a couple of scenes where it's the like the whole ending. <laughs> um I, a lot of people didn't care for the the gore at the end of Glorious Bastards. Um and the same I mean, thing with his, but latest gore,
0: one. gore. I feel like is Quentin Tarantino's like signature. Like it's always blood shooting out of everywhere in like an incredibly like non realistic fashion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's other things like the Marse- Marcellus Wallace. Like rape scene. That's like, yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. a level that's above different. normal. Yeah, you that's know? true.
2: And there was the whole stuff with like Bruce Willis and his girlfriend, like in the hotel first like. There was just like a lot of like very unnecessary, very like, racy, very racy, very stuff racy. That, yeah, and like a lot of like their talk and stuff and is like very, very. Uh,
0: oh yeah, when they're talking about like, uh, if you don't you don't give a man, woman a foot rub. That's like, and you know, yeah. <laughs> some yeah, something about the holiest of holies. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are definitely some like mature content in mm-hmm. this one, like outside of just blood and gore. Yeah. You yeah. So we're saying
1: it's, it's just, it's too much for sensitive Connor.
2: Yeah, that, that is true. So that is true. But you know what I have seen, I saw Reservoir Dogs. Okay. On Netflix, so that's the real version. Oh, um, wasn't that his like first one? That was his first one, number
0: one. Yeah, it was.
2: It's great. I love that one.
0: I've never seen that one actually. It's pretty good. I have to go back.
2: It's pretty good. Um, "Hateful Aid I saw in theaters. Yeah, we saw it together. Uh, yeah, we did. I, oh we nice. Did, yeah. I saw
1: it with Mason actually. Really? Oh I've no! Seen way. All, I've seen most of these with Mason. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our thing. And then
2: Inglorious Bastards, I think I also saw that on some sort of streaming service. So I think that was real too. So I
1: asked actually my coworker Taya asked me this question. Um and I, you know, I gave him my answer. But he said his is Jackie Brown.
0: Yeah. So one of our listeners said that as well. Interesting. Really, I've yeah. never
2: even heard of that movie.
0: Our uh, yeah, it's a little known one. It's the one he uh, Tarantino did after Pulp Fiction. Hmm. So Pulp Fiction was ninety three. Jackie Brown was ninety seven. It's got oh, Samuel wow. Jackson in it. Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, I've never that heard of Michael it well. Keaton oh, and Robert. Did, okay, I need we need to watch this, guys. Really? Yeah. has <laughs> <Is> it <laughs> got. I mean, good good. Uh, good I mean, it's Quentin Tarantino,
2: so yeah. he's gonna have like a great cast. He's gonna have all his boys in there. It's on my list.
0: So speaking of our listener, so Jakey uh, he's he commented and he's like, all of QT's films are great. I love the abbreviation there. (laughs) Quick Trips films are great. (laughs) But I think Jackie (laughs) Brown is the most underrated, which I would agree mm -hmm. because I didn't even realize it was a thing. So yeah, underrated, Um, unsung, you know. But he also says that Pulp Fiction... Is every forty five year old guy's favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the that's the uh, age range that's yeah. good for the. You know season. something very like obscure. Actually, are there more listening reviews? One more. Okay, Matt Hatfield, nineteen seventy four, says hey. "Inglorious Bastards." Mm. You know that's who that my is? cousin. Yeah. No wait, well, yeah, that's my whoa. shout out to Connor's cousin. Yeah, nice. Nice. thanks for commenting, the man. The His favorite is "Inglorious Bastards" by far. He says. I really liked the way he built the tension in so many scenes. The mm. opening scene in France, the scene in the basement bar, and then at the movie premiere were all incredible.
2: Oh, it's true. The basement bar scene in that movie was so good.
0: I well, think, like,
2: everyone gets, like, murdered. Like, I,
0: I, it's been so long since I've seen that movie, a, I don't I can't, oh, the only so thing good. I remember is when Brad Pitt scalps that uh, Nazi. That's oh, hilarious. really? That's well, I mean, I remember so Christoph Waltz. You can't yeah, forget Christoph yeah. Waltz. Do
2: you remember Ryan from The Office, isn't it? BJ Novak? Yeah, BJ Novak. Which guy is Ryan from The Office? He's oh, wh- that's he's, right. He's, he's one of the
1: he crew. He's one of the crew. Yeah. yeah. Bongiorno. <laughs> <laughs> Buongiorno. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you guys want to guess what my favorite uh, QT no, yeah, film I was about is? Yeah,
1: to say, Caleb, What is it? Mm. Um, I mean. hateful 8. 8.
0: Okay, good guess. Django. I think you, you I mentioned Django I think it's Django Unchained. You guys are spot on, man. I was it's very close between mm. Hateful Eight and Django. I love Hateful Eight in that it's like such great storytelling. It all takes place in the one room, basically. Yeah. Uh it's kind of like a whodunit like mystery. I was like, who's and it turns out they're all against yeah. each other. They're all in cahoots, you know. But uh Django, I just again, man, Christoph Waltz, I love his performance in Django. And mm. then of course, um, Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. Jamie yep. Foxx. Like, they just do so great. Mm, it's true. In that movie. And I feel like that's uh, like Quentin Tarantino's vengeance at its best. Like, he does that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously in Glorious Bastards, but I just feel like getting like the vengeance element really plays out well in Django. Hmm. I want to watch that again. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Nope.
2: Never did. No,
1: I I oh, wanted to, man. and it
2: just like, I just I don't know.
1: I I actually really love that one. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He's like probably my top favorite actor yeah. of all time. And mm. I think that movie is such a such a ride.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good one. I watched it in theaters. I loved it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those movies where I feel like I can watch once and be good. Like, I will I probably mm. never want to watch it again. It is pretty long. <laughs> it is long. All of his movies I, are They're long, all long. long. Yeah, that's yeah. true.
1: I, I guess that's a good point. I think the rewatchability, like, especially compared to *Inglorious Bastards or even Pulp Fiction for that movie we're doing, you know, I think yeah. that one does suffer a little bit, um, especially since, you know, the outcome.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking I of.
1: I don't know anything about that movie, by the way. Oh, oh. Definitely watch it, tonight I don't know anything before I say anything movie. else, yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want it spoiled basically, you know what it's the thing?
1: yeah, I might don't watch it now it spoiled, oh, I might. Don't, yeah, I don't know if you know anything yeah, no,
2: I know Margot Robbie's in it, I think,
0: mhm,
2: yeah. yeah, she's in it, she's in it, okay, then yeah. yeah, I do know that for sure,
0: <laughs> um,
1: do you know who Sharon Tate is?
2: Yeah, she plays Sharon Tate. No, I have no idea. Okay, who that don't is. don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> don't look, oh, don't no. look anything. Do you know up? who
0: Charles Manson is? No, Caleb. Oh yes, I know who Charles Manson is. Okay, don't look anything else <laughs> look up. Oh, okay. it's about Charles
2: Manson, isn't it? It has something to do with that. Do you
0: know who Sharon? Well, you have to look up that who name Sharon Tate really, is now. That
2: name sounds really familiar. <laughs> oh man! Don't worry. You just you just
1: actually yeah, <laughs> that would take something there. I, I feel like a movie we just did. Um, was uh, directed by Sharon Tate's husband or boyfriend at the time. Hmm. I can't remember what movie we just did.
0: Well, it's another Which, great example of the, ven- like the revenge, vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. S- film. S- you speaking know?
2: of Charles Manson, really quick. Last rabbit hole. But have you guys, did you guys ever see an American pickle? No. With Seth Rogen? No. You have to watch it.
0: Is that the one where it's like the, it's a version of himself is like in stuck in time or something like that? Yeah.
2: So he falls, he's in like yeah. 1890 New York and he's a, a Russian Jewish immigrant that falls into a pickle vat that then the pickle vat gets closed forever. And then a hundred years later, it accidentally gets opened
0: and he was preserved like a pickle and he was
2: preserved perfectly wow. like a pickle.
0: And so <laughs> he was pickled. It's uh, Russian
2: Jewish Seth Rogen with a massive beard, and then, um, and then young like hipster like millennial like it's like uh, modern day
0: self sounds yeah like millennial a great movie. Seth Rogen there,
2: <laughs> and it's so good. And Charles
0: Manson shows no, up? but
2: there's like a there's like a a court case that happens. I won't spoil too much because you got to watch it. It's so it's like dry humor. It's like not typical Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. but it it just killed me. But like, there's like a court case going on and Russian, Russian Seth Rogen had like a big beard and millennial Seth Rogen didn't. Mm-hmm. And so they were like in the court case, they were trying to prove that, you know, that, uh, the difference between like the two and they're like, look, look at Charles Manson, one with beard and one not. Just, so does the beard, uh, never mind. I, this isn't, <laughs> okay. I, I can tell this, this is not landing, is it? I need, that to, whole I need to do a off. lot more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get into Pulp Fiction? I think we should. Let's, yeah. Let's move yep.
2: on. this
0: <laughs> you know, is it, fun, though. I love just talking about random movie stuff. You know, yeah. it's part of the fun of the podcast. We get and to pull in an subscribe. American okay. I hope our listeners are still HBO. with us. <laughs> HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, don't you do
2: that
1: yet it. Don't We're getting to it. got to watch it. <laughs> surprised at the end. I promise.
0: <laughs> 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 All right. Well, as always, we're gonna start off. Um with our categories um ranking it in entertainment uh education and influence, and we start with entertainment meaning um we're just looking at what makes it um what makes a film genuinely enjoyable does it have those elements does it pull you in to the story? are you engaged are you are you just entertained um and that goes into some of the like the acting and the directing and some of the back end stuff um but yeah. All that considered, we're gonna go around and share our scores out of a hundred, and basically like we don't really talk about this much as far as like what our scale means, but we we hardly ever like rank less than fifty because fifty is like just okay like that's like the and we don't do okay films, you know we we want to talk yeah. about the best ones, so fifty is okay, sixty is good, seventy is great. 80 is awesome, 90 is like amazing, and then 100 is perfect. So, on that scale, I gave Pulp Fiction in Entertainment a 76. Ooh, wow. I gave it a 70.
2: I gave it an 83. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I'm actually like, that's, I feel like that's very reasonable. Like, I don't know, like, yeah. I feel like our scores fit. Yeah. I mean, number one, like, this movie is just so graphic. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, why I knocked it down a peg. Yeah, me too. I mean, I if, it, if this was the AMC edited version, uh, hundred out of a hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is your this was your on your top three favorite films of all time
2: of all time. It wow. was, and I mean a lot of it has to do with like my history with the film of like you know we only had cable for like a brief period like growing up, and my dad and I would like watch this movie. Uh, again, it was the edited version. I had no idea that it was so bad. Like the, it was actually like so bad. And I mean, my dad, my dad knew, and that's why he would only ever watch this version. And so literally like we watched it probably like four or five times. And literally like one day we like sat down together and mapped out like the timeline of the movie. Like when's the actual start of the movie, oh. when's the end of the movie, like, like, and mapped out all of these different scenes and trying mm. to figure out what's going on and where they were at. And it was so, I mean, it was awesome. It was so fun. And it just really, like, made me have a really deep connection with the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Some of, like, the, the lore of it almost.
2: Oh, man. And we, I, haven't, I went deep dive into, like, <laughs> all of the lore of
0: it. Yeah. I know you had mentioned on our, like, bonus episode where you talked about Pulp Fiction a little bit, how, like, you have a theory that what's in the briefcase is Marcellus Wallace's soul. Yeah, which his name is really hard to say, by the way, Marcellus, Marcellus Wallaces, Wallace. <laughs> like so many S's, <laughs> Marcellus is Wallaces. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it like glows like gold when you open it. What do you, you know? think? I mean,
2: what do you do? You agree? Like, do you? Really I think, think it's think? his dirty
0: laundry. You think it's like his Jules dirty laundry? Says, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's his dirty laundry. I mean, I would. I always just assumed it was like actual gold. Like, like that's why it's shining. But I mean, I'm sure it does have more of a deeper heart like meaning like more like a soul. Yeah. So maybe Connor's more right but I always just assumed it was gold.
1: I think Andy. Uh, do you want know, like the real answer or like my opinion? I think.
2: I, so want your opinion. Opinion. I want your opinion.
1: Give us both. Yeah. What's your opinion? What do you think is real? I think it's gold. I think that's because logically it shines and uh-huh. it's like a briefcase. Of course, And it's, briefcase like holds. Very, gold it's like the McGuffin. Yeah. It's very valuable. Everyone's yeah. after it.
0: You know.
2: Mm hmm.
1: So, I think it's that. I I do. That's a good, I guess, theory of it
2: being Marcellus Wallace's soul. Now, do you want to know why I think that? Why? So, every scene that you see Marcellus Wallace in, he's got a band aid on the back of his neck. And so, the theory is that because he has that band aid, that that's like the. um.
0: That's where they like. That's where they took extracted it out. his soul. A, yeah, <laughs> and the,
2: the theory is like he gave his soul up for I can't remember everything because it's been a really long time. Whether it was wealth or you know something like power, or whatever it was, but um, he gave it up and he sold it to the devil for for whatever. And that those people that they went and killed are like de- maybe not like demons, the devil's minions. The devil's basically. minions, yeah, so and he got so. Back. And I mean, if you think about it, it all makes sense. Why, like, in the, the, um oh, what is it? In the diner scene, you know, he opens up the briefcase. And the guy looks at it and says, is that what I think it is? He says, it's beautiful. Oh. And then they close the case.
0: Yeah. Mm. That's a pretty, um pretty non-invasive procedure if it's to get your soul extracted it's just a little bandaid. You know?
2: Well, you know medical, not, not medical like technology these 30 days. 30 stitches or <laughs> demonic technologies Yeah, pretty, pretty up to date.
0: <laughs> is that where the soul would be in the back of the head right there? I think that's like um
1: Chinese culture believes that that's where it's like removed from or something oh, like that. Dude really? that's yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm, further oh, evidence. Yeah.
1: deep
2: dive in i like it. Plus,
0: um,
1: did you mention the combination of the briefcase?
2: Oh, I did not mention that. Oh, I forgot about it that part. It's six, six, six. It's it six, 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 six. Oh, they show that in the very beginning of the movie. Like
0: man, devil's so predictable. Just like, Oh, I know what his passcode is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I got this guys. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. Oh, some uh, something I enjoyed about this movie. Um, and just as just like kind of Quentin Tarantino in general, like he is the king of dialogue, man. He yeah. he creates some really great um exchanges between characters, conversations. Um, I think most notably would be just the conversations between Vincent and Jules, you know, whether yeah. it's the lighthearted, do you know what a quarter pound of a cheese is called in France, you know? Uh or whether it's like a deep thing, like, oh, I believe that was a miracle. And because of that, I need to walk the earth or you know, whatever yeah. like they have some great so conversations. You're going to you really walk the earth place to place. <laughs> you're going to be a bum. <laughs> you know what they call that. Call it a bum. <laughs> um, or like the opening diner scene between Honey Bunny and what's his name? You know, like when they're talking mm. about like, oh, you mm. know, wait, what do you rob? Where's the place to rob? You know, you don't rob this place because of this and because of that. And it's like the wet band. It's like nine-year-olds rob candy stores, mob, like <laughs> we're going to rob Duncan's Toy Chess. Like, But they have like some like legit dialogue of like, oh yeah, that, that's an interesting like concept of like thinking about somewhere to rob and which would be the best place to do something like that. The least yeah. dangerous, the most takeaway. I'm like, man, Quentin Tarantino, he's got some kind of twisted mind, man. Like some of these scenarios he comes up with are like way out there. And it's very interesting to watch. Very entertaining. But at the same time, it's like, why are you going down that rabbit hole, man? It's so it's weird. So no weird. one else does. That's why. That's why <laughs> Quentin Tarantino,
2: QT,
1: QT. Does. QT.
2: You know, I do love me some QT. Yeah. Whether it's QT taquitos or <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's. Mm.
0: I got to say, Vincent was my favorite character, man. I was so sad when Bruce Wills killed him. I really? was like, no! Favorite, I love him every scene with him I in agree. it. I think he's just so entertaining. Yeah, you know,
2: I'm really glad that you brought that up because I gotta say, man, what's with Vincent in bathrooms? All right, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Vincent. Well,
1: that. the Are you uh, keep going, Connor? Sorry, I didn't mean to all right, it's okay, to. I gonna,
2: I, well, I'm very interested where you're gonna go with this, but I, yeah, Vincent goes into the bathroom, all right, in the diner, and all of this stuff happens. They're yelling, they're screaming. Does he run out with this gun? No, he's he's. He's just sitting there reading his book. He doesn't hear anything. He doesn't do anything. Bruce Willis comes into his own apartment, like starts making some pop-tarts, pop-tarts, or pop-tarts or and, you know, nothing, you know, everything's great. And then what is that? What happens?
0: And why he's why in the bathroom. Not, why would you taking not bring a your gun pr- into the bathroom with you? Oh my God. You know Ugh. that's, Seriously. I'm so mad at him for that. Why I know. Would you do well, that? every,
1: every bad thing that happens in this movie happens when he's in the bathroom.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. Well, the, I mean yeah the hold up and mm-hmm. and uh he wasn't in the bathroom
2: he didn't he shot marvin
1: well uh, is really? it, he wasn't he was in the bathroom when um Uma Thurman's character
2: you're right
0: oh. I forgot she about that yeah
1: yeah, yeah. there there that that is like a weird parallel in the movie that he's just like always oh, in the bathroom he's always so in the funny. bathroom <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow, and moral he, of the he
1: story, you can't, he yeah. can't hear
2: anything in the bathroom either. He's just—he
0: must you know,
1: be, yeah, maybe he's deaf. Who
0: knows? Reading it's not like is he, is he's not like doing drugs or something in there, is he? It shows him. I he's like reading. So.
2: He's reading a book. book I don't know something. where the book came from, but he's reading it. Hmm.
0: I wonder if he's reading a Pulp Fiction. <laughs> in there. Do you know where that? Do you know where that term like comes from?
2: Uh, I know that I really like a movie that defines <laughs> things in the very beginning. Pulp, pulp Fiction. Pulp. pulp. Yeah.
0: Well. Um, Pulp Fiction, it was like a, a genre of magazines. It was like racy action-based magazines. Hmm. Um, and they called them Pulp Fictions because they were made of like a cheap cardboard, like pulpy, what is it called? Wood pulp. Yeah. It was yeah, made of yeah, wood yeah. pulp. And so they called them Pulp Fiction, hmm. uh, magazines. So, and this is kind of like that. I mean, it's obviously racy and action-based. There's a lot of shoot 'em up and a lot of, uh, um, violence yeah so it's like this is a pulp fiction magazine in film format wow I'll- yeah i did my research that's, nice yeah, yeah that's yeah, like something did. i have to <laughs> hand to <laughs> quinn
1: tarantino is his his love for movies it, it it's clearly shown in every film he does and you know this one included that he he takes just so much inspiration from all of things and he puts it into this art form and so that's, I mean, that's like where a majority of the score of mine comes from is is just the directing and the screenplay. And then the acting, of course. I'm going to say something, guys. Okay. Oh. This is the third time this has happened. Is Bruce Willis the best actor of all time?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third movie we've done. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. He's, in. he's, you're right. <laughs> he's just killing it. Die Hard,
2: <laughs> Sixth Sense, and oh my Pulp my Fiction.
0: Pulp Fiction. But, I mean, on the podcast, historically not the highest ranking. They're not even in the top True. five right yeah.
2: now. But he's on the board. He's on the board multiple times. times. Yeah. Doesn't have to Three be maybe. the best. The best. If you're on there, you know.
0: What movie of his are we doing next? The Kid? Like, <laughs> Armageddon, the, the, obviously the greatest. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Fifth <laughs> Element? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this
1: movie did save. This was like during his career when he just came off of doing those really crappy movies mm-hmm. and so i think um his career kind of got back on track after doing this and then probably six Sense. Yeah. i mean
0: i don't think he's gonna do any better than diehard diehard to me was the pinnacle of bruce Willis. Yep. true true but i mean i really I, I enjoyed watching him in this i just hated that uh he killed vincent man it was my favorite yeah <laughs> that was. i don't know why but vincent kind of reminds me of tyler funk my buddy who was on the podcast last time. Oh. oh. I don't know why, but he just does. Yeah, he bit. actually I have a buddy yeah.
1: that he reminds me of as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know that
0: maybe that's why. It's like, oh, he just got that buddy yeah. vibe, you know? Yeah. That's my buddy. He just yep. she blew yep. away my buddy.
2: <laughs> oh man. I don't I don't have as much love for Vincent, guys. Really? I don't. I think he's he's a he's a punk drug guy. He's like, a bad he's a, a bad guy. guy. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Yeah. He's just out here, you know, buying tons of heroin. Just yeah,
0: (laughs) just tons. And then like he, his life is saved by some miracle, and he's like, "I don't care, man. I'm just gonna keep doing my thing." Yeah,
2: divine intervention. What's that? What is that? (laughs) I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And just like on the toilet when people are dying. Like, yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. Not a solid guy. He's, he's obviously
1: just not with it. to urologist, like, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a little late for that. So um, that's the real message of this movie. That's the real. <laughs> and that concludes education. Education. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: tell you one thing I didn't really enjoy in this one. I didn't really enjoy QT's cameo in this one. Really? Uh, I felt like he just didn't belong. He was kind of a dick. Yeah, and he was, I don't know, his, I don't know. Yeah, I, it just felt off to me. I was like, oh, really? I mean, hes he does a cameo in every one of his films, and it doesn't usually bother me, but for some reason, this one just, like, really pulled me out of it. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I forgot
2: that uh, he he was even, he, that was the thing that he did, like, that he started, he, like, not starred, but he... Uh, appeared in his own movies mm-hmm. like yeah. as like yeah. a pretty major character like that mm-hmm. this was a pretty like that was a big one big role yeah. like rather than most like a director. central character yeah. in the
0: bonnie situation
2: yeah yeah <laughs> in the, bon- the bonnie situation <laughs>
0: <laughs> well any other thoughts in the entertainment category before we move on
2: um i do love the passage of time i, I briefly talked about it with my you know, talking about the history of the, of my, of the, me with this film. But the passage of time in this movie is so interesting. Like, I wonder, like, where he got, went through, if that's even the, I don't think that's the right terminology, but like how, how he works out the timeline of all of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause
2: the beginning of the movie starts out where the movie ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're in the diner and it ends in the diner. And then the next scene is, uh Vincent and um Jules walking down the hall or like driving in the car talking about Royales yeah yeah and then you know then it goes on to Bruce Willis's storyline then it goes back to Jules and then it goes back to the diner and then it was just very interesting of like mm. like how the the passage of how that all worked and what where why he decided to do it like that and I don't know it all flowed really well
1: yeah, I'm sure to uh, viewers, Um, I think that was the main point that I can't remember if I was going to save it for later, but it's this nonlinear way of storytelling. We're just jumping around this timeline, and that's yeah. what I was going to say. I'll, I'll save it for the influence section, but um, yeah, I think it's one of the, I don't know, it, it's, I don't know if it's like one of the first movies to do it. I think Citizen Kane did it. Um oh, like the out of order. Yeah, it's just out of order storytelling.
0: Okay. Oh, interesting. So That's definitely one we got to do one of these days. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: I've never seen it. Yeah. Me neither, so. Me neither. It's
0: in our logo, man. It's the the guy holding the our the snow globe. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought
1: that was a Santa Claus. No. I'm joking. It's yeah. Black and
0: white. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Most classic We were just going to run did. with that. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense yeah, to you're me. Right. Yeah, Oh,
1: man. I do actually have one point that I wanted to just talk about. When yeah. it comes to Vincent Jules. Um, have you guys seen the Blues Brothers? Yeah. I love Very that Very similar, I guess, characters, right? I feel like I Vince and Jules are the antithesis of those guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because
0: they're on a mission from God, right? Yeah, like these they're... guys
1: are the on a mission from the
2: devil. On the mission. I'm on a mission. Yeah. I mean, literally, right? Yeah, seriously. Right, he's yeah. going to go, they're going to go steal <laughs> a soul back from the devil. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's funny.
2: Wait, so you, I mean, you said you, what was the real answer?
0: Um,
1: I, uh, I'm pretty sure it's, he left it open to interpretation
2: yeah i mean no yeah of course he did but like come I'm on i'm sure what's come on it was his soul you know what i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna
1: look nah. <laughs> it was his soul i'm gonna use i'm gonna look at what they use i'm pretty sure it's just batteries and
0: light bulbs so that's what it was have <laughs> you ever seen
2: uh I and mean, did you guys watch community the tv show community
0: i've seen a couple episodes
2: they do a pulp fiction episode oh where really? like everyone dresses up as um a person from pulp fiction and they go to like a diner that looks like the diner, like in the movie, mm. and they buy the briefcase from Pulp Fiction as a gift to one of the guys in community. And they open it up, and it's just an orange, like just a golden light
0: bulb. <laughs> wow. So, like, That's literally, cool. I think they did just use yeah. a light bulb. I in bet the that is what it yeah. Yeah, actually is. All right. Well, just to recap, uh, Connor said 83, mm-hmm. Andy said 70,
2: yep. right? Yep. And
0: I said. 76, which made our entertainment average 76.3. So we thought this was great in that category. Connor, do you want to kick us off with education?
2: Education. So what this means is where we are looking here, what we are looking for are the themes (laughs) of the movie, the underlying morals or concepts that the movie is trying to pass on to the viewer. Does it have worth? Does it engage you mentally or psychologically? All right, guys. I think I'm gonna give this one a 65. Ooh, okay, in 65. education. Um, I'm giving it a 70 again. A 70, 70. Again.
1: Okay,
0: I gave it a 62. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Who I, wants to kick us off with why? What? Are, what, what morals? Uh, I, what what okay. message? I know. Did you this, from this, me? What did okay, you this pull is, out of this, guys? I
1: think I, I've used this once before. I can't remember what movie it was, but. Um, within our criteria for education, it's like, is this movie psychologically engaging or is it just a bunch of meaningless action? Mm-hmm. This movie and every Quentin Tarantino movie is just a bunch of meaningless entertainment. <laughs> yep. which yeah. I, I know our, our category before this is entertainment, but when it comes to education, um, I don't, this movie really doesn't have one.
0: Wait, like, what's you gave in the, it briefcase? the highest score out of all of us. You gave it seven. I know. I know Where's <laughs> <is> this <laughs> like, <laughs> coming from? Where's I your... am
1: engaged in the story mentally,
0: mm, right? There you go. Yeah, mentally because, stimulating that counts. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, it's just a lot being thrown at you, right? That linear way of storytelling that we talked about earlier is keeping the viewers just kind of confused the entire time, and so by the end of the movie, you're like what on earth did I just watch? Right.
0: That's how uh, that's where my 70 comes. Yeah. There's no Mm -hmm. like
1: moral. I mean, I'm sure there is. You could pull like the theme of the movie out, but like, and it's not, you know, in the viewer's face. Yeah. Just, just the way that um, QT is presenting this movie at to the viewers. I think, I mean, to me, that's, there's some education in there when it Mm -hmm. comes to his storytelling.
2: That's fair.
0: I will. Fair. Let's hear from Connor, the the king of education. Guys, what did you pull from guys, this, man? What's the message? This is an
2: off an off week for me. Oh, all right. oh he's tired. All right, I'm tired. <laughs> I just came back from vacation. I watched half of this movie before vacation and the other half after vacation, mm-hmm. and so wow, so it's like super split up. <laughs> yeah, all well, like, wait. and then the whole like weird timeline yeah. is all messed up. I don't even know what's going on. Uh, I only, I don't know. I, I couldn't really pull too much out of this. Like, again, like we talked about this, like mentally stimulating, psychologically stimulating. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I can talk about is like Jules. Um, uh, what's the word? I just like divine intervention, like his belief and, and look at, he, he saw a miracle and -hmm. He saw it for it changed his life. It changed his life, and he therefore corrected his life later on. And if you think about it, he is alive right now, and Vincent is not because of that choice. Of that choice. Of that divine intervention. He saw a miracle and reacted for it, and therefore, like moved on with his life and became a bum. (laughs) (laughs) Good for him. But (laughs) if he hadn't done that, he would have been in that apartment that day. And maybe then Vincent wouldn't be dead, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe Bruce Willis would have killed him too. So.
0: Hey, that's pretty good for an off week, man. There it is. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to go off of that because this one, it was a tough category for me. So I did a little research. Like I was like, all right, I need to find the message. All right. So I kind of did a little deep dive, read some articles, found out what other people were saying about the message. Um, so this isn't my thoughts, just disclaimer, all right? I'm not this deep, but <laughs> Copyright, I did, copyright warning. Yeah, anyway. copyright, yeah. <laughs> um, But basically what like some of these articles boil it down to is choices, like you were saying. The, yeah, like yeah. That's the main theme of the movie, and it's kind of represented in the little speech that um, Jules gives before he kills somebody. And It talks about the different characters, the different, like who can you become? Are you the tyranny? Are you the weak? Are you the shepherd? He talk at the Ooh. end. He makes the choice to be the shepherd, you know. And he even yeah. he delves into that in the in the booth with the um the the guy who's I forget his name. What's his honey bunny and
2: and uh, Ringo?
0: Ringo, yeah. He's he's laying it out to Ringo. Like I always thought of it like this, but the reality is, I'm the tyranny, and I'm going to be the shepherd now he's like he's talking about making these choices you know Mm -hmm. and so it's it's exemplified in every storyline in that storyline it's like what connor said between vincent and jules and jules makes the right choice and ultimately lives his life in the butch storyline the butch and marcellus wallace um butch first makes the choice to go back on his word and now he's under the gun he's on the run and um, he's like in trouble because of that right yeah but then later on he makes another choice to go back and save Marcellus Walls and and then basically clears his name so like because of that choice to like be the hero and go back and save him like
2: he's the shepherd
0: he's the shepherd hmm. yeah and he's like uh, basically letting the like his glorious vengeance pour out on the, the tyranny of those like rapists yeah <laughs> too you know right. so it's like it kind of like weaves into that like fictitious bible verse that Jules quotes, you know. Um mm. uh, which I
2: think we have to talk about that is that that bible verse is not real. Ezekiel 25:17 yeah. is is made up. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> which like did it like that, that sounds biblical. It, the way he says, they, it, you know. They they really
2: sold it. But I definitely I'll looked it up and what? I was like this
0: is not the verse. <laughs> not, <I> don't know. <laughs> um but like side note on that choice, on Butch's choice, it's funny. Um, one of the articles pointed out that that was like part, part of Butch's arc. He like escapes and he's free and he's he's running away. And he like thinks about it like, oh, to go back and save Marcellus Wallace. And he's like, you know, that scene when he's walking down. He's like picking up different weapons like oh this. Well, well yeah, this? Hmm. he yeah. chooses the samurai sword. Yeah, like, yes. but they were saying there's like significance behind that. You know, I thought it was just like he's going and picking up like the bigger stick, you know, every time like this. No, no, no. this is better. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking, you know. But no, they were saying how like, oh, his whole thing is he wants to be like this warrior. Right. But like like his dad was in the war and like who he got his watch from the most important thing Mm -hmm. to him, the watch. Uh, But he's just this this like fake warrior, this boxer who's now like throwing matches like just totally unfulfilled to him, you know. Interesting. So this was his chance to become that warrior. And what does he leave? He leaves all like the, the typical like, um, just like like American motif, like weapons of like a baseball yeah. bat or a chainsaw, and picks up the weapon of a true warrior, the samurai, Ooh. the honorable warrior. You know, it's
2: fair. The honorable warrior. Yeah.
0: And so he goes back and he rights his wrongs with that weapon so i was like oh that's next level now all that to say i had fun doing this research and i think those are some great themes but uh i had to look it up (laughs) i did not get that from just watching the movie i kind of viewed it the way the same way andy did this is mindless violence you know yeah so for that reason i gave it a low score Yeah, of sixty-two, and who even knows if that's
2: even true? I mean, people can read a lot of stuff from this movie. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's just someone's opinion.
2: But I like that. I mean, it it plays a lot into the juxtaposition between Jules and Vincent. Of you know, you have African American and you have the white man, and they go, they go, and they choose different different paths in lives, and that lead them through. You know, Vincent decides to become to stay the tyranny. Yeah, and guess what? He has to. You know, suffer the stabs. glorious vengeance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He almost dies. He almost kills um Marcellus Wallace's wife. Wife. And, yeah. And then he dies in the end. Hmm. So he got his
0: justice. Yeah. I I did I'll say like the, the thing that I took out of this though, uh, if if I'm reading a message into it, is like is vengeance. That's the moral, that's the theme. That is portrayed in, in all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Mm. It's always based on some kind of revenge against the Nazis, against uh, the Ku Klux Klan, against you know, uh, in this one rapists, you know, uh, yeah. just terrible people. He, it's always about vengeful violence against enemies. That's like Quentin Tarantino's main theme, hmm. and I think, like uh, on the one hand, I see the appeal. You know, like I think about like we watch we watched a lot of true crime documentaries, you know. We just watched one about BTK. It's like the serial killer's like fine, torture, kill. That's his that's that's like mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. And I just remember watching that and thinking, oh man, what a what an awful, awful person. I would love to see a Quentin Tarantino movie where that guy just gets tore t- like beat to a bloody pulp, you mm-hmm. know, and just like uh, ripped apart. <laughs> is that uh, is
2: that once upon a time in Hollywood? except with charles manson (laughs) no no
0: no 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 No. i mean he makes an appearance but just saying (laughs) but i mean there is vengeance in that movie for sure um but so at at the at this on the one hand i see the appeal like my human nature is like yeah i want to see like justice and i want to be a part of that but on the other hand i don't think that's a good moral necessarily i think you know uh, vengeance is not for us to have. I mean, you look at the cops who arrest these terrible serial killers; they're not uh, like they're not torturing these serial killers. They're they're putting them in handcuffs, putting them in a nice soft backseat of a car, taking them to jail, and letting the courts deal with them. Like they don't get to like beat up these bad guys. Yeah, like a vigilante would. You know, they're they're just like do- doling out justice in a um, non-vengeful manner. And I think that's a better moral for sure. Hmm. So, for that for that reason also, I give it a negative, well not negative but like a low score yeah, because I don't yeah. think that's a good moral. It was yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that brings our average score to 65.7 in education not looking too good
2: yeah that feels right fiction. though that feels right yeah, yeah. Pul-
0: pulpy is not doing too good but i have a feeling it might bump up a little with influence so andy you want to talk about influence
1: yeah so influence we're just looking at the legacy of the movie that influence it has on pop culture um pulp culture yeah pope culture, pulp culture. Uh, this movie is not <laughs> pope approved pope would not approve this movie but um like, I, I look at the legacy this movie has, and I think there's a lot of just iconic moments from this movie that have just become these cultural moments today. Like the dance scene, you know, with Yes, Uma oh, Thurman's yeah. weird yeah, dance. Yeah, them I, just boogieing like that. Like, that is, I mean, memes for days too, or yes. gifts. Like, probably my favorite gift come out from this movie is John Travolta just like walking around aimlessly. Yes. Oh, you're right. He's like, <laughs> What, what? what I said that yeah. one
0: all the time. I said yeah. that today in a work too. in a work text. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> See? Oh. Um, so great.
1: Yeah. And then uh I mean we talked I, I we talked a lot about that nonlinear storytelling um that QT did. And uh, there's actually a lot of legacy from this movie on on the genre or not on the genre, but on movies in the nineties. Cause this, I guess it kind of broke um, the standard way of, of storytelling. And so it kind of opened up more indie movies to kind of try something new out. And then, um, yeah, yeah, it's just like breaking those kinds of barriers. Mm. Yeah.
2: And it really launched, I mean, reservoir dogs was like the start of, um, Quentin Tarantino, and I feel like this movie just really solidified him as yeah, a, just a truly amazing director. So wait, what yeah. are your scores? Oh man, oh, I forgot we- my score. Oh. All right, Connor, you first. I gave this a 90.
0: Oh, oh. I gave it
2: really jumping good. up. You ah. know what? For an influence. That's funny, because I gave it an eighty-eight. An i I'm right there
0: with you, man. Woo.
2: I gave it
1: uh t- <laughs> eighty.
0: 80, 80. Yeah. Yeah, we're zero. landing on 80
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to say 100 I, I was, was ready. I was going to say
1: 10 no I'm joking
2: 10, <laughs> 10. <laughs> 10, 10 times zero. 10 is 100
0: <laughs> no. 80 you sticking with that 80 yep alright right on Connor why why do you give it oh, such a high I mean,
2: influence it's, I mean memes just, mm. just <laughs> memes alone I mean that's it I mean Honestly, like quotes and and multiple things. You talked about the dance scene. One of my favorite bands has a music video where they reenact the dance scene. Oh, no way. Oh, that's cool. Together, like to their own song. But, um, and I just, I love that. I love that callback. I love that this movie had that influence over them. And and they were able to give that to me. And uh, Community. I mean, I talked about the community episode. I love that episode. It's so good. And I love like seeing all them redo all the characters from Pulp Fiction. (laughs) And I love all the, like the lore and the, like everything that goes in behind all the theories behind this movie with what's in the box. Yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) The briefcase. The briefcase. um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. And what's in the box? What's in the box? (laughs) Sorry. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> um, but it's just so good, and not to mention, Royale with cheese, man. Yeah, yeah. Royale, iconic. That's an iconic what line. Do they call
1: a Whopper. I ain't going in the
2: Burger King. <laughs> I don't know. i don't <laughs> going <for> Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's just so good.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, I give this a high score because of some of the reasons you guys have already said. Yeah, but also. Um, because I feel like this is Quentin Tarantino's like kind of flagship film. Like, it's not my favorite. Maybe it's not his best. You could argue that it is his best, but it is at least the one that maybe launched his career.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and definitely a huge one that you think of. I think when you say Quentin Tarantino, people think Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, and like some name any other random one, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's definitely like in the top three. Yeah. And dare I say it, this is the quintessential Tarantino oh! film. <laughs> that was
1: good. That was, that was so good. good. We oh, haven't said our signature man. word. All the night. quintessential Tarantino. Movie. The
2: quintessential.
0: <laughs> the quintessential
2: Tarantino movie. Oh, oh that that's was, it, man! <laughs> please tell me you made that up. Please tell me you didn't find that. Somewhere. I've been
0: waiting. No. Uh, that was straight me, man. That was I will straight claim <laughs> credit. No copyright. No. Wow. I've been holding on to that this whole time, like hoping none of you had thought of yeah, that, too. Yeah. I like, can't wait to say this. <laughs>
1: I bet you, Caleb, this entire time we've been recording, it's just been dying to say it. I know. <laughs> like, That's I'm why it's been so quiet. It. I don't forget. Yeah.
0: yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, are you guys ready to hear the finals? Any other thoughts before I reveal the final score? Or are we ready for this? Oh, man, I just shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
1: hear the scores. All right.
0: So entertainment, 76.3, education, 65.7, and influence, way up to 86, which, which brings us to an average score of 76, even. Wow. 76. So great. A great film.
2: This is a great film.
0: And you know what, guys? Do you want to hear our listener score? Yes. So we averaged out the listener's responses. They were told to um, rate it from a scale of 1 to 100. And their average, 78.4. Wow. So
1: yeah, pretty right close. on there. Yeah.
0: Way to go, Average Joes. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Man, um, this was a tough one. Uh, I I was uh, a little worried. Honestly, I was like, man, I don't I don't feel like I have some good things to say about this movie. But but I mean, we got to, we got some good. We, we pulled it through. Yeah, guys. we we pulled it off. I mean,
2: the quintessential Tarantino <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean,
2: yes, you got to have some good stuff to say about it.
0: Oh yeah. Well, any other final thoughts before we sign off tonight, guys?
1: Well, no, no, not for me. No. All right.
0: Well, thank you guys for listening. For those of you who stayed to the very end, thanks for listening to our our final tally, our final scores. If you want to engage with us, if you want to submit your thoughts, comments, scores, um, please follow us on Instagram. That's where we're most active at the Chronicles of Critics um, or just at Chronicles of Critics, not the. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, we'd love to feature your voice and your scores because uh, that's what we're all about. We want to capture the voice of the average Joe when it comes to film. So mm. next week, we are going to be tackling another movie with our friend Mason. You've heard his name on here a couple times. He's mm-hmm. finally joining as our guest host. And um, Connor, you want to hint at what uh, what this next film is going to be?
2: I do. I do. I'll tell you what, by listener request, we have brought back the clues for the next next podcast movie review so this time we're going to make it a little bit harder guys so here we go see if you can guess it don't put it in your pocket it's your lucky quarter where do you want me to put it anywhere not in your pocket where it will get mixed in with the others and become not just a coin which it is